Morning, everyone. Just stand with us. Let's worship together.
Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. Amen. Well, good news for all of us that God loved us before we even knew him, that he would lay down his life. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for that truth, uh, that you loved us despite of ourselves, that, that you loved us despite our sin that separated us from you, and you made a way for us to know you. That is our hope, Father God, and we need that hope today. We want to grab onto that, and we want to just praise you. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
All the world and its troubles Take heart, our God has overcome Yeah. 
welcome you to our weekend service and I'm so glad that you've taken the step to whether you're watching it from home from home or on your phone or whatever it might be but you've you've taken a step to engage a little bit more and that's what's so crucial in this because it's so easy to be a spectator but God's inviting us into so much more uh, than just that so I'm glad you're a part of uh, what we're doing around new life here and what God wants to do in you. Hey, I want to remind you of a couple of things. If you go to our website, newlifecc.com, or if you go to our app, you'll find resources, things like note-taking sheets. You can find stuff for kids and students and families. We have some, some Bible reading plans that will walk you through uh, really this series that we're in right now about God's direction and God's purpose and God's will uh, for your life and discovering what the Bible has to say about that. So I hope you'll engage with some of those things. It's a great place to, to see your faith deepen uh, by looking at those additional resources, not just what happens here online, but what you can do in your own walk of faith. I uh, also want to encourage you, if you need uh, prayer, to text the word prayers to 30500. You'll see that on the screen below. And if you want to keep uh, kind of current with what's happening around here, new things that are coming, uh, opportunities for you to take the next step, make sure you text the word update to 30500 and you can kind of be part of our uh, of our text world and kind of get those kinds of uh, updates. This is also the moment where we're going to continue in worship uh, by receiving uh, an offering. Now, it looks different than it has uh, in, the, in the years and years of a church, but uh, through this crazy year of, of the pandemic and you know, we're still living in kind of the aftermath of that, this is an opportunity for you through our app or online uh, to give to the Lord. And I know I say this every week, but I, I can't emphasize it enough that God has so much for us when we don't live in that place of scarcity and I've got to hang on, I've got to make my way, but instead I trust him with everything, with my time, with my abilities and skills, but also with my resources and my finances to say, God, I trust you. And I live with open hands. And in that place of abundance, as I give back to God, the Bible says that God has incredible blessing because we've taken our faith and we've made it real. So I want to challenge you in this 2021 to maybe Maybe try God in this. He even says, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. And so maybe you can take that little step of faith to say, God, I'm going to trust you in this and I'm going to give to you and I'm going to live in that open-handed way. So again, you can do that online. Uh, you can also mail it in. You'll see the address below and uh, love to have you kind of engage with that. Well, before we jump into the message, I have just a little thing that I want to share with you. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about uh, the vision that God had given us for Patterson and the Patterson campus and that there were some new things coming. So to back you up a little bit, about 12 years ago, Gina and I were, were driving through Patterson on our way home to Turlock. We were coming from the Bay Area and Patterson had just, uh, you know, had Amazon had come and Restoration Hardware and some of these big warehouses that were growing out there. And we're driving through and we're seeing all this uh, new housing development and new families that were moving in. And there was this part in us as we drove through there that we just said, what if? What if in this really growing and 
almost brand new community. What if God was inviting us? What if God was challenging us to take a step to plant a new life campus out in Patterson? And in the in the intervening years, we would drive through there and go, man, can you, can you imagine what that would look like? And we would pray every year. I would have it on, on my goals every year. Is this the year for that? And a few years ago, as you well know, uh, we felt God really kind of give the green light on that. And so we brought uh, Pastor Jeremy and Janet Moore to, to move out here to California. And they began uh, our New Life Patterson campus. And in these last couple of years, it's been exciting to see hundreds of people come and be part of that campus. Many who have come to know Christ. Uh, many of you who are watching this are part of our Patterson campus. And man, we just celebrate all that, uh, all that God has done and has been continuing to do. But we also know this last year uh, through COVID, it has been incredibly challenging uh, because the school uh, that we were renting the auditorium, all that went away. We were not able to do that. And even right now on this day, we don't know when any of that will open up again. It actually may not be until 2022, and it could possibly be never again that schools will open to outside rentals. We just don't know. Uh, we talked to churches in Patterson to say, could we rent on off times? And of course, because of the pandemic and some of the health issues, no one was willing to do that. Great people, great churches, uh, incredible grace, but just not able to take that step. And so it left us in this really challenging uh, position. Uh, the Civic Center there in Patterson, the community center was not available as well and may not be in the future. And so our Patterson campus uh, with, with really no place else to go has been meeting in our, our older auditorium, our north, uh, north building here on our Turlock campus. Now, we didn't plant a Patterson campus so that they could come and meet in Turlock. That's never been the heart and never been the goal. And so as they have been praying and seeking, like, what, what can we do? Uh, I want to let you know some exciting news, especially for those of you who are in Patterson and the west side. Uh, so we were able to find a, uh, a light uh, warehouse area out exactly where we wanted to be in Patterson. It's across the school from the, the Patterson Unified School District offices. And uh, we have been able to, uh, to lease a portion of that building to uh, build a small uh, auditorium and have kids space and a cafe and all of those things to let the Patterson campus actually have a home. And I have been thrilled to see this happen. And, and we're just in the very beginning stage of this. It's, it's, it's not even fully developed yet, uh, but we're going to be going in as soon as we get permission from the city uh, to be able to make a few changes and, and to be able to put this into place. And I, I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing because up to this point, Patterson has only been able to have kind of weekend services. And then we've uh, rented the event center, the community center for youth group and things like that. But now with our own place, we will be able to have weekend services and uh, teaching and, and group life and kids ministry. And once COVID starts uh, finishing up and we're in a post-COVID world, coming back to things like uh, Wednesday night kids and youth group and celebrate recovery, we'd love to see started out there in Patterson. So it will be full functioning from start to finish. We won't have to you know, rent a little bit here and there, but 24 seven, we'll be able to use this facility. And I'll tell you what's been happening in these past couple months is Patterson in the middle of a pandemic has been growing. There are new housing developments that are establishing. Some of them have already sold out all of the homes. Why? 
because people are moving from the Bay Area and they're moving into the Valley and Patterson is one of the first places they're coming. Now you may be asking, Dave, why now? Why in the midst of this crazy time would we wanna take this step? Because this is where God is moving. New families who are looking for hope, who are looking for life, who are looking to find connection and, and faith. And we wanna be on the forefront of loving people one step closer to Jesus. So I wanna encourage you to be praying for Pastor Jeremy and his team, be praying for our Patterson campus. We'll keep you up to date on the timeline as we begin to roll that out and when we'll actually be able to be there. But I'll tell you, just, just keep praying for God to continue to move in Patterson and to give us opportunities to share life and hope throughout all the West Side. Well, if you have your note-taking sheet, I want you to get that out. I want you to dive in with me today as, as we look at this series called Direction. Now, this series about choosing God's way every day tends to bring up this split in our thinking, right? We know God wants us to follow him every, every moment, and we nod our head at that and we say, yep, that's what it's all about. I simply want to follow him. That's the biggest part of Direction. But then the other part of our thinking is saying, yes, but, but what about this job? Or what about my major in school? Or, or what about this relationship? We want all the specifics, even though we know there's this bigger thing that God is doing. And what we'd really like is for God to just lay it all out for us. Clearly, no misunderstanding, just black and white, here's what God wants. Truth is, we kind of want an email from God that just gives us all the info. Or, or maybe there's this part that we even think, well, there's got to be a little bit more on our part than God just kind of laying it out. And so maybe what we'd have to do is we'd have to schedule an appointment with a pastor and we would sit down and the pastor would pull out the file and, and he would open that up and say, oh, here, let's, let's see here. Um, well, where do you work? Yep, yep, that's, that's God's plan. And where do you live? Well, good job. You're, you're right where God wants you to be. What was your major in college? Really? Oh, because that's not right at all. I, I think you're going to need to go back to college, and I think you're going to need to fix that if you really want to be in God's will. And you're thinking, I'm 43 years old. Well, that's too bad. If you want to be in God's will, you got to go back and fix these things. Oh, and wait a sec, that, that college major decision that you got wrong, it triggered a whole bunch of other things. You are married to the wrong person and you have three kids, but God's will was only two and you're way off course. And I'm not sure you can ever be in God's will now. Now, I, I know that's kind of silly and maybe none of us fully believe that, right? Or do we kind of believe it? Maybe not to that extent, and again, I know it's kind of silly, but that thought of maybe somewhere in the past I made a decision or I chose a course of action, and now forever, forever, I am missing out on God's direction. I am missing out on God's true desires, his, his first line, his, his, his preference for my life. And we keep thinking that those specifics is what determines God's will and direction. But can I tell you this? God is desiring something so much deeper and so much more personal for you and for me. Remember this passage from our first week? The Apostle Paul made it so clear in 1 Thessalonians. He says, God's will is for you to be holy. 
I don't know if it gets any clearer than that. God's will is for you and for me to be holy. It's just right there. To have our heart and our spirit and ultimately our actions shaped and molded by our relationship to Christ. To be holy, which, which means to be set apart and to be different. Not conforming to the world, not conforming to our culture. Look at what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians about this process. He said, since you have heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which was corrupted by lust and deception, but instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put, your, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You see, God's way more concerned about who you are and who you're becoming than the particulars of, of your location or your major or your job. Wherever you are and whatever you do, the Apostle Paul would say, be holy right there. Be holy in that. So in this series, we're, we're looking at God's direction and God's desire for us from, from that perspective. And last week, we looked at how God puts stop signs into our life to guide us and to direct us. And those, those stop signs uh, provide protection for us when God's saying, whoa, 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 don't go there. And those stop signs can slow us down. Whoa, whoa, whoa slow down because God has a new turn or a new beginning. Or the stop signs allow us to take a deep breath to be renewed and restored and and if you missed last week, I really want to encourage you to go back and watch that because we all need to understand these stop signs rather than resent them, to understand them as a gift that God's given us to slow down and to stop. Well, today we're going to be looking at a different part of this direction process and how God directs us and how he guides us by, by staying the course, by, by sticking it out, by, by staying committed. And I think you, you might be surprised how much we miss out on because we get frustrated and we quit and we walk away. Following Christ and choosing to trust him is going to be tested and it's going to be challenged at every turn. In fact, I would say this, if you are following Christ and you are following in his ways, it's going to be harder the temptation to quit and to give up is going to be even higher because you're right where God wants you to be. See, we often arrive at these forks in the road and we have a decision to make, right? Are we going to stay the course or are we going to walk away? That's the challenge. And here's the hard thing. Sometimes the best thing, and this may be confusing, so I want you to hang with me. But sometimes the best thing is for us to close a chapter and to move on. And, and the Bible gives us those examples. And actually in the weeks to come, we're going to dive into that a little bit. But the question we have to ask is, am I choosing to move on because it's the right thing or because it's easier? And often the best and most rewarding decision is to stick it out, to renew our commitment and see God work through the challenges and through the twists and the turns and bring us all the way to the finish line. Remember our key verse in Psalm 32. He says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. He will guide us along the 
best pathway. Advise us and protect us and guard us. Can I just tell you this? Don't walk away and miss how God is at work beyond what you can see right now in this moment. Beyond what you can perceive and even though you just go, it's just too much and walk away. Don't miss out on what God wants to do just around the corner in you. There's this picture in the Old Testament about this kind of stick it out commitment. And it's in this little book called Ruth. And the story is of this family that has endured tragic loss and heartache. And a woman named Naomi moved with her husband and her two sons to a different country. And then her husband died. And it was just this tragedy. And so here she is with, with, her, with her two sons. And, and not long after that, her two sons marry uh, some of the local women who are there. And then a few years after that, her two sons die. She's come all the way to this new country only to lose her husband and her sons. And now she has her two daughters-in-law that are, that are with her. And she decides to go back to her homeland. And so she tells these, these two daughters-in-law to go back to their families, to, to go back home. And, and she's praying over them God's blessing because they have been kind to her. And I'm sure there's this, God, would you give them new families in the future because of their loss? I mean, she's just, she loves these two girls, but, but she wants to send them on. And one heads back home, but the other, named Ruth, for this, this book, she refuses to leave. And in this famous passage uh, of Ruth 1.16, she says this, don't ask me to leave you and to turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. And your people will be my people. And then here's this line, and your God will be my God. And if you read through this whole book of Ruth, and it's very small, and there's so much to the story that plays out in God's faithfulness and his direction and his blessing. But right at the beginning, Ruth says, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stick this out. I will follow and trust this God who's faithful. And it's not easy and it's not simple. It's not just snap your fingers and everything will work out perfectly. For Ruth, it was agonizing and challenging, but her commitment and her willingness to stay the course, to stick it out, allowed her to experience God's presence and his, and his purposes in ways she never would have known if she would have just packed up and left. Now, I want to remind you before we get into these three points I'm going to give you, I am not saying that there aren't times to move from one job to another or to move from a dysfunctional and healthy relationship or to change majors or, or to, to move from, from your address and where you're at. That there are times, there are times to close a chapter and embark in a new direction. Last week we looked, the stop sign to slow you down and move in a new direction. God does this time and time again. But we also are prone to bail early when things get challenging or difficult and we miss out on a greater thing, a greater good that God wants to do and accomplish. And sometimes God's direction is to hold on, stay close, trust him. So let me give you a few things that can happen when you stick it out. The first is this, sticking it out deepens my faith. It deepens my faith. So there's this movie that, uh, that I love. It's called The League of Their Own. It came out years ago. It was about the professional women's baseball that took place during World War II. Tom Hanks 
plays this grizzled, washed up baseball player. And Gina Davis plays Dottie, who is the star catcher of this women's baseball league. And there's this moment as their team has won and has progressed that they're going to be heading to kind of to the World Series that they're going to have. And, and right as they're at that point, Dottie has gone through some challenges. Her husband has been in the war and has been injured. And she's had this drama with her sister. There's all these things that are going on. And she decides she's had enough and she's going to pack it up and she's going to head back to her farm with her husband. And Tom Hanks comes out of the house and confronts her about quitting. And, he, and she says, it's just too hard. It, it's too complicated. And she says this, I don't need this. And Tom Hanks in this classic line, he says, it's supposed to be hard. The hard is what makes it great. Now, that's not a Bible verse, and, and we don't build our lives on that, but there's, there's truth. There's actually God's truth in that. There's something about staying faithful and holding on that allows my faith to strengthen and to grow. When we simply go with the easiest path, when, when, we, when we run from difficulty, when we, when we evade what's, what's challenging and hard, can I tell you, that doesn't take any faith at all. Just like if you went to the gym and, and you, you picked up a cardboard tube and you started doing this, there, there's no resistance to that. That's not going to build muscle. It's not going to build strength. But it's when you pick up the weight and it's challenging and it, it maybe even hurts and is sore that you actually build strength and muscle. It's in sometimes those challenging times to, to stick it out and to stay the course that our faith has a chance to to stretch and grow. Listen to these verses in Colossians 1.11. Paul writes, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and the patience that you need. Something is being built when we, when we hold on. In James chapter 1, this, this classic passage. Uh, James says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now I'm with you when I hear that. It's like, it doesn't feel very joyful when I'm, you know, facing troubles or, or challenges or, or put it in our context to just hold on. It, it, it doesn't, it's not easy, but he says, it's an opportunity for joy. He says this, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. All through the Bible, you see those who held on, who, who stuck it out and had faith that blossomed and strengthened. And we know them today. We know these, these characters, these, really, these real people, because they didn't give up and they didn't walk away. When it got hard, they, they held on tight. Now, it wasn't holding on to their own strength, their own power and their own abilities. It was holding on and trusting to what God had had called them to, to what God had invited them into. Think of David, even as a, young, as a young man, and he went out to face Goliath, and he'd said a lot of things up to that point, like, why are all you guys hanging out back here? Don't you know he's, he's insulting God? Go out there and do something. And I'm sure it looked much different when he walked out on the battlefield, not with armor and a spear and all these fancy weapons, but simply with a slingshot. And I'm sure there was a moment in David's mind where he thought, yeah, I don't need this. I'm not sure this is the best decision, but he stayed true to what he, what, he just knew God was with him. 
So he stuck it out. And we know him now in this famous way that he bested Goliath, killed Goliath because he was willing to trust in God and hold on. Moses, when he came back and God says, I'm going to use you to, to, to bring my people to freedom. And he, and he says, God, I, I don't even speak well. It's kind of traditionally known he was a stutterer and he couldn't quite get it out. And he just simply wanted to bail. He says, God, you got to choose someone else. But even through his insecurities and even through when he, when he just said, I, I, I'm just done. You got the wrong guy. There was still this sense of, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to you. And we see Moses now as this, as this figure, this, this, this leader of faith because he was willing to hold on to God imperfectly. We know he did that but he held on. Gideon, I'll just give you one more. Gideon, if you ever read this in the book of Judges, he said, I'm the least in the, in the nation. I'm the least in my father's house. When, when the angel found him, he said, God's with you, mighty warrior. And he's looking around going, not, not me. I'm hiding out here because, because I'm afraid. And he kept saying, you got to choose someone else. And there's this moment when, when God comes and says, hey, the time is now. Take your soldiers. There's a whole lot more to the story. But he says, I want you to take them and go and attack now. And then it says this, but if you are still afraid, then, then take your aid and go down to the camp and listen to what they're saying. And the very next verse says, so Gideon went with his aid down to the camp. What is it, what is it saying? He was afraid. He said, he got the wrong guy. It, it can't be me. But he held on. He stuck it out with God. And in these three that I named, and there's so many more, they became champions of faith. Each of them is mentioned in this Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the hall of faith. It was because of their, their willingness to stick it out and to stay the course and to trust in God that their faith blossomed and grew. So what about you? What are you on the verge of giving up on? What arena of life have you been saying, I'm done, I'm out, I, I quit? Is it your marriage? Is it a new habit or a step of faith that you've been engaging in? And it, it just seems challenging and difficult and hard. You're just like, I, this isn't for me. Maybe it's your recovery. And you're thinking, I've tried. I, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I went to CR, but I, it's, just, it's just hard. It's hard. See, we face those hard things. And again, the question is, is God closing a chapter and leading you into something new? Or are you bailing because it's challenging and hard and difficult? James would tell you to consider it all joy because your faith is being tested and challenged and you have a chance, I have a chance to strengthen and grow in Christ as we hold fast. Second thing is this, sticking it out lets me experience God's blessing in unexpected ways. Let me say that again. Sticking it out, staying the course, holding fast. We use all these phrases, but it lets me experience God's blessing in unexpected ways. Have you ever gone hiking and it ends up being way harder than you thought? Like you, you went and searched for this certain hike. It's like, oh, it's, it's only two miles. And it's like, it's two miles straight uphill. I mean, it was just brutal. Now, I have a bit of a reputation in my family for finding hikes online, for reading about them, and then taking my family, an extended family, on these little adventures. And they've heard me say things like, it's really not that far. It, it, it's got some great views. 
or, or my classic, it'll be great. It'll be great. Just, just kind of trust me in this. And then they join me. And I've heard all kinds of whining and yes, cursing me and all kinds of negative things about how I dragged them into this, this another hike that I had. Hikes can be like that. You're tired, you're thirsty, you're hungry. There are flies and puddles and heat and all kinds of stuff. And if you've ever been on one of those hikes and maybe you had a moment where you said, forget it. This is stupid. I am turning around. I'm done. I don't like this. This, is, this isn't even very scenic. And so, so you, you head back to the car and you're sitting there in the parking lot. And have you ever had this happen? Someone comes in off the trail and they said, oh, you should have gone just another quarter mile. You should have gone just around that next bend. The views are amazing. And there's this river and you see the mountain. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And you think, oh, if I'd have just held on for a little longer, if I'd have just taken a few more steps, I could have seen it. I could have experienced it. But here's the challenge. You couldn't see those things from where you were at that moment. They were just out of view. And so when you said, forget it, I give up. And I've done it too. We missed out on what God wanted to show you and have you experience. But when you stay the course and you stick it out, you will see and experience God's presence and blessings in ways you never could have seen by giving up. And by the way, there's no shortcut in this. There's no microwave way to, to speed up the process. Some blessing, it, it comes through the long journey the day after day, step after step, year after year, some of the blessings come with that kind of longevity and commitment. So I'll tell you, I uh, have been the lead pastor here at New Life for uh, 28 years now, a little over. And uh, I remember when I first came and uh, reading the statistics that the average stay for a lead pastor was seven years. And when you're at year one, seven seems like crazy. I mean, that's just like, whoa, I can't even imagine that. And I can tell you this, at seven years, when I got to that point, it was hard. And I felt like I'd hit this wall. And I felt like I was out of ideas. And I, I didn't know what else I could preach on. Remember, there's 52 weekends in a year and for, for seven years. And I should have done the math ahead of time. But that's like 350 some messages. I mean, it was just like, what else is there to do? What else is there to preach on? What else is there to teach on? And I could see at that point, I, I get why people at, at seven years go, done. Let me move on to the next church. And then I'll take all that I've learned in those seven years and I'll just redo it again. I, I got seven years of messages. I can, I can just come back and do it one more time. But I decided to lean in. I decided to, to stick it out. And I decided to embrace the end of me and my wisdom and my abilities and what I, you know, what I thought could, could work. I, I had to come to the end of all of that and say, God, I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else. I don't know what to speak on. I don't know what to do. I don't have any more creativity. And I will tell you this, I have experienced more in the following years than I ever could have imagined. 
And it hasn't all been easy, (laughs) completely. And it hasn't all been good. It's been hard and it's been challenging. But I am who I am today because of willingness to lean into some of those hard moments and hard times and watch God work through even those. God has been at work each step of the way. And I would have missed all of that. I would have missed growth. I would have missed a deepening of my heart and my spirit if I just would have simply thrown in the towel at seven years or eight years or 10 years. There's something about staying the course that God does even more. I think about uh, my marriage. Gina and I will say it often, we are two imperfect people who are committed for our entire lives to working through the different seasons of marriage. We've raised kids and we didn't kill a single one. We've remodeled our house twice. And by the way, that's like advanced level marriage stuff when you can remodel your house. We've gone through personal challenges, personal growth, loss, pain, frustration. And we've also deepened a love and an appreciation and a joy of walking and growing and loving together through these nearly 35 years. We made a decision right at the beginning that we wouldn't even use the word divorce ever, but that we would commit and learn and grow and apologize and forgive and appreciate. And we're on this journey together. And I know that's not everyone's story and I get that, but we've experienced blessings that we never would have if we would have just bailed when it got hard. In the Old Testament, there was this king named Asa and Israel had been so, through so much tragedy and they would serve God and they would get bored and worship idols. And one day the prophet rode out to the king and said, King Asa, don't miss this. If you stick with God, he will stick with you. You can call on him and he will answer. He is for you. And then, and then the prophet said this to him. He said, but as for you, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. What's he saying? Hold fast, hold tight, lean into God, stick with him and you will find his blessing. Let me give you this last one and we'll, and we'll finish. Sticking it out allows me to finish well. Some of you are thinking, Dave, I've stuck through this whole message. Let, let, let's finish well. I get it. See, most of us are really good starters, but not great finishers half done projects. We've been cleaning out our garage lately and man, I've got tubs of projects and tools and ideas started, partially done, but not finished. But there is something about finishing well that is powerful, especially when it comes to our faith. We know that when this world comes to a close, we will stand before God and we long to hear these words. Jesus said them in Matthew 25. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You finished, you stayed true, you didn't give up. I long to hear that. But it's going to come as we lean in and say, God, I am relying and holding on to you. The Apostle Paul had this great statement that he made to this young man, Timothy. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly long for, who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I have finished the race and I've remained faithful. If there is one verse that I want read at my memorial, It's that one. Because I want that verse to characterize my life and my faith. That's the direction that I'm looking for. That's the purpose that I desire. 
So what's God's direction for you? Well, I will tell you this. He's more interested in who you are and who you're becoming than the title of your job or your address. His direction is that your heart continues to grow deep in him and that you would be holy. His direction is for you to, to stop at times and experience his protection and his leading. And his direction for you and for me is to stick it out, to stay the course, to commit and experiencing blessing and joy, to have our faith grow strong. Last verse, literally we're going to pray. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you have lived this out, that you haven't given up on us. You haven't walked away and said, it's too much, too far gone. There's nothing I can do. But you continually come and you invite us to lean in close. When we stumble, when we fall, when we reject, when we do all these things, Lord, you just don't give up, but you hold tight. And I pray for us, Lord, for each person listening and watching this, that we would understand that part of your direction is, is sticking it out, is leaning in close to you, finding your strength and your hope and your joy, even in the most challenging of situations, even in the most uh, devastating of times, even of loss, that we know that you're for us and that you've got us. And holding on to you long-term, holding on to you no matter what, strengthens our faith brings blessing and allows us to finish well. So we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I know that we're living in a time when we just kind of all want to throw in the towel, but I want to challenge you to, to lean into Christ, to go to his word, to, to find your hope and your purpose and your life in him. Yes, we can pray about jobs and, and school and majors. Those are all good things. God cares about those. But he really cares about your heart. And I'm praying that you'd experience God's goodness, God's kindness, and God's faithfulness in increasing ways as you trust him. Hey, I hope you have a great week. I hope, to, hope you come join us next week online because God's at work.